Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the Dubbing Art 356. It's a prelude to AEW Double or Nothing, and I'm not alone. I have the pleasure to be joined by the WNR Dan. How you doing, fella? I'm doing really well, thanks, mate. Started a new job, going great, you know, the, the life. And it didn't take six months for you to be back, because, of course, back by popular um, last time out, of course, we had uh, the Hall of Fame, Mystery WrestleMania, and all that kind of jazz. And, of course, NXT UK as well. And you're going to be back next week as well. So you're just getting WNR in the face at the moment, Dan. How are you feeling with it? That is it indeed, Jess. My fan has requested I come back, so I can't let my fan down the dozens of Dan fans have responded in their no, they're just called Dan's <laughs> Dan fans are just Dan's the Dan's are listening but we are on the eve or double or nothing uh, but first thoughts on blood and guts because I've spoken to um, Jaxie about this and of course the ultimate one as well so Dan did you see blood and guts and what were your thoughts on the show overall I um I, I saw part of it I kind of got fed up with the uh, beginning bit of it seeing Kenny Omega get featured so heavily then the women kind of only get a couple of minutes and then coding and the young bucks was there and luke gallows with the marmite all up his arms and one of the young bucks with his bloody Shawn michaels here samuel L. jackson back with uh, for me it was kind of one of a one match show rather than a kind of special you know did it kind of let it down in that way were you expecting a kind of special overall rather than just the one match actually meaning anything? i think there should have been a bit more to it yeah because it was kind of centered around one thing um you know it, it had to show its management off obviously and kind of do what they need to do but overall no it was i just felt kind of underwhelmed by it all. well one of the things that i took away from it and, and many people are defending of course the ending with jericho falling off on the crash pad of course he's come out with an injury you know as serious as it should be uh the, the thing is about as well as i you know me dan we've done this for so many years i treat Everything equally anyway. That's why, you know, you talk about the good and the bad. And with AEW, if you look, and this is the truth now, that pay-per-view that they had last time out uh, with the the Ed versus Moxley fucking up with the, the explosion and everything like this, and now the end of the blood and guts, even with its camera angle or the way it looked not being right, the two major shows have been let down by the finishes. Well, major shows, but so gave it five stars, so it won't be as good as we believe. Um... But with everyone commentating, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, the explosion didn't. It fell onto a blatant mat. You know, it's a subject topic at the moment. Well, I think what we're finding, and I think you said a long time ago, is a goodwill, you know, because it's, it was a new company, so to speak. But it's not that new now. It's been around for, you know, two or three years. It's, it's had a few shows. And like I said, I've, I've been kind of underwhelmed, especially since NXT and AEW stopped competing against each other. AEW kind of, you know... It's not been, leaving this pay-per-view, you know, with the build-up to it, I think it's just kind of a pay-per-view that's there that they have to put matches on rather than an in impact they do this where it feels like the matches have to have a pay-per-view, if you know what I mean. Well, this is the thing, and it's interesting because we were going to have a Blood and Guts match last year and they moved it. I think Pinnacle and Inner Circle can work. But with the rematch being, you know, going to be announced coming up soon as well, it just seems a bit odd uh, that we've kind of, you know, it, it's kind of happened. But uh, at the moment, it just seems a bit... I mean, we'll see. Obviously, we've got three episodes of, of Dynamite to catch up on. So we'll see how it is and how you remember it the last time we kind of watched it. Uh, before we do, though, a bit of news. News! And AEW have announced that they're returning to live touring and upcoming Dynamite tapings on the road. 
AEW will run Dynamite on July 7th from the James L. Knight Center, July the 14th at Texas, and July 21st at the Curtis Colwell Center. Well, tickets for all three shows will go on sale Friday, May 14th. We'll start at $30. Of course, each event will be held in compliance with COVID protocols. Um, have you seen... There's a, a short video clip going around of the stewards checking fans as they was making their sure they've got their... Oh, there we go. Then. the security guard was just tapping out, looking at... So, you know, that might have been taken out of context. He might be just the bloke they go in. No, you don't want right. to be anti-AEW, of course, but we've got matches to watch here today as well. We're going to watch Moxley versus uh, Yuji Nagata, Bucks versus SCU, Miro versus Darby, and of course Christian versus Seidel. So let's get into the action. We start with the 12th. Yes, the show opens with John Moxley and Yuji Nagata getting warmed up for their matches. Yeah, and then straight into the intro video. So here we go, the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship on the line here. And uh, a lot of talk about the Forbidden Door being open and of course uh, Tony Khan saying he's responsible do you know much about the forbidden door Dan uh well you know the forbidden door is kind of like the doorway between two companies that shall not be breached well at the moment in time uh AEW kind of playing the long game of course Kenny Omega is the impact world champion at this moment in time and Moxley being the IWGP US champion as part of NJPW uh, NWA Thunder Rose has been on the show as well, so there's a lot to talk about that. But I've had a problem the way AEW promoted Impact. The Japanese relationship with AEW has kind of worked well because I think this is what Moxie wants to do. Uh, what have you thought of Moxie? Because, of course, you were a big fan of Dean Ambrose. How, how do you think he's fared since leaving the WWE? Um, you know, he's kind of still featured in one way or another. You know, he's always kind of got something to do. Is it going to be the case of too much exposure is going to kind of turn fans off him? I mean, you know, a few other wrestlers have been loved at the start and then uh, we see too much of him. Boo! You know, get annoying. Is it going to get old? What else can John... Well, the thing is, I think the end of the Megan Moxley feud should have been the pay-per-view with Moxley maybe taking uh, some time off because, of course, his wife, Renee, is obviously pregnant uh, at this moment in time, but the relationship he's had with Japan goes back a couple of years, beating in NJPW, which was quite a, a shocking result, so to speak, because we thought, you know, Mox's going to drop it, maybe take some time off. But like you said, if he st- keeps in the main event picture, then maybe that's why they've moved him to Kingston. But is it right that he's got kind of two storylines going on at the moment? Because obviously they're teaming up with Eddie, and now him, you know, defending the title against Japanese invaders. Again, you know, it's going to be a bit of overexposure. It's going to be like, oh, look, Moxley's in this angle, Moxley's in that angle, and kind of poor Britt Brit Baker. She's trying to build herself up to be a champion three or four minutes like <laughs> on an episode of Dynamite or an episode of Dark. Well, it's true, but I think Moxley's style has kind of evolved in the kind of a mix to it. He's even competing in, like, blood sport now against Josh Barnett, former UFC fighter. And that was a kind of vicious uh, fight, and, of course, the more Japanese style as well. He must be happy because he can basically call his shots, you know. It, do you think he's still the biggest star outside of WWE at this moment? I think he is, yeah. You know, um, I think he's kind of taken the mantle that Chris Jericho kind of, you know, his name was talking about on the Stone Cold podcast. And John Moxie, you know, he was known by quite a few people when his exposure in Japan and that's helped him elevate his status as well. And obviously, AEW fans, hard- hardcore fans love him. WWE fans love like the Dean Ambrose kind of John Moxley as well. That helps in his favour. But I just I don't want him to get us open. What else can he do? Yeah, that's true. And you know, like I said, if you don't 
uh, go away. How can fans start to miss you as well? But let's not discredit Eugene Nagata, of course, Blue Thunder, the former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, the first man to be a Triple Crown Champion as well. Of course, the veteran. Uh, but his his strikes are there to be feared. And this is what Moxley wants to do. He wants to go against the legends of the sport uh, in Japan and show his toughness, which I suppose is definitely a way to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, you coming in and wanting to kill off the legends, would you? I mean, that'd be <laughs> that'd be something completely fucking boring that no one would want to see ever. But it's weird to see Japanese style because obviously there's travel restrictions in Japan at this moment. Moxley not going get barely able to go over there, so be interesting to see how they do it on Dynamite, especially with uh, the championship on the line. But Nagata seems to impress. I mean, you talk about a veteran. I mean, he's still got a little bit more than maybe uh, an Undertaker would have, so to speak. Yeah. You know, but there's there's feelings. You, you remember, like, the invasion, right? And it can't help but, you know, make me think AEW seem to be getting the best end of, like, all these pictures. It's like Kenny Omega's the John Moxley beating, like, you know, NJPW legend and njpw title on aew you know this is making aew look great in like the kind of forbidden door um you know similar to what wwe done you know wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if a couple of aw guys all along kind of cut and well i tell you saying there's a couple of the relationship between impact and iwgp's worked uh iwb njpw's worked out quite well uh because you've had david finley becoming tag team champions down there you had al phantasmo Challenging FX Division Championship. There seems to be more equal ground. Uh, and and I, like I said, I haven't liked the way that AEW have treated because they've not promoted anything on Impact at all. And it's going to be Impact's job. And Tony Khan was saying that, well, it's because we're, we pay for stuff on their show that we don't have to promote it. So what's it mean then if you beat no one? It means nothing. And that's the yeah. the story of... That's why you've got to be careful with promotional things because, like I said, if Ada King, who doesn't in a, in a promotional? But it's got to be fair because, like I said, look at Invasion. WWE got slaughtered and you don't want that here. Well, I think Impact's way of looking at it is it's like, well, we're not going to beat WWE, in our, <laughs> WWE on our own. So if we kind of hang on the coattails of AEW, perhaps, like, you know, we kind of have a few of our guys appearing on there. You know, just just take a pick of any couple you want. Uh, we'll take the Good Brothers. Thank you. <laughs> you know. No, well, the Good Brothers are on Impact, and they, they're contracted to Impact, and AEW use them as part of the agreement that Omega has got. So whatever they're tied up there, it's the same with Don Callis as well. It's really kind of intricate deals at this moment in time. Uh, but if the breaking news that was going to change kind of everything, that we see. So it's going, to, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this match itself has been pretty hard hitting. You talk about Japanese style. We've talked about British style. I mean, what are your thoughts on the Jap- strong style, so to speak? Um, you know, I'd like to see a bit more in this Japanese. You know, I do intense that the NJPW guys kind of put in. You know, you can see it with Nagata <laughs> there just rolling his eyes. He's not trying to think, oh, I'm the Undertaker. He did do. Um, but again, you know, not trying to disrespect man. All I can kind of see is like a, an early to late Rick Flair, you know, and yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan, kind of a uh, Chris Jericho as he is. Going. Well, let's let's enhance the legend and Legata because, of course, Tony Schiavone's on commentary now with Jim Ross and Excalibur. Tony Schiavone called a match when Legata had on Nitro back in the day. Legata used to perform in WCW, you know, twenty five years ago. When you talk about how long ago that was, so you talk about he's been around, he's seen there, done that, the success he's had in Japan, and to be able to come to Dynamite in America to be seen as well by maybe people that might not know him, it's a nice way, even if he doesn't win, to kind of 
have exposure. Is this more of a kind of retirement tour? Or I don't know if it's... Is there any signs of slowing down? Well, at the moment in time, he just seems to... Be, the thing is, they're in, like you said, they're in such good shape that they can go for a very long time. So, like Jushin van der Liger, they can make a big deal of it and maybe head towards Wrestle Kingdom to have the big payoff. And that's the kind of beauty of Japanese, the storylines, the losses, the wins, the miles on the clock actually matter as well, you know. But, you know, you can kind of see John Moxley, he's he's bleeding, whether it was an accident cut or it's blading. Do you think AEW kind of, oh, well, WWE don't blade no more, so we're going to kind of milk the shit out of it because Cody was bleeding for this, you know, and there's always someone wearing a crimson mask. Yeah, but I think that's quite a veg to the product. Yeah, you don't need blood all the time, but I think it does add something that maybe you don't see and, and maybe a sense of realism. I think, like you said, the cut with Moxley is a bit of a hard way. But another thing about Moxley, you should say, is that Obviously, in Japan, he's known as the uh, the Death Rider. So this is he's got a kind of different gimmick to it. He even wears different the, the kind of the trousers he's wearing, this kind of thing, um, as he literally hits the Death Rider as well. So it, it changes his character up a little bit, and I think it works out. What were your thoughts on that match, anyways? Moxie does win a hard hitting encounter. About the you know, I do like the ending. He is showing a lot of respect to Nagata. I think that is an absolute brilliant in the background. Um, you know, there is a lot of respect that John Moxley delivers to kind of anyone who has paved the way for him. And I like to see that in Moxley as well. You know, despite his character, you say that, you know, he's kind of portraying at the moment. Like the Death Rider, you know, it's him still showing respect. I think that's to do to show respect. Yeah, but like I said, it enhances Moxley's reputation as well. And, you, you know, he's adding people uh, to that list as well. I think it's working out at the moment. And like I said, the only danger is saturation with too many stories or, you know, matches going on involving Moxley. But the big breaking news, Dan, is WWE is reportedly in talks with New Japan Pro Wrestling in the hopes of striking up a working relationship between the two promotions. <laughs> oh, is that the forbidden door? <laughs> you know that's how creaky it is. <laughs> Vince needs to oil them hinges. That is McMahon dropping a bomb on Tony Khan, that is. Well... Is that you know anything you can do, I can do better, or is Vince McMahon kind of trying to keep up with the times? Is Vince McMahon perhaps hinting at the Forbidden Door? I know it's kind of been creaked open with Jericho, but could it be widened? No, like I said, the, the thing is, if this is right, and of course it's your mate Dave Meltzer who's reporting this, uh, apparently the WWE President Chief Revenue Officer Nick Khan has uh, become a major player with WWE, major player. Uh, talking to them. The the thing is, if this happens, then obviously AEW and uh, New Japan won't be able to work together anymore because WWE will become their official American partner. What happens with Moxley and the IWGP US title? Will he have to drop that on WWE television because he's an AEW contracted star? I mean, what happens with wow, that? Wow, yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> or is it a way of having... Moxley defended in NJ- WWE door with NJPW, kind of like they send one of their wrestlers over and they fight. So you get an AEW fighting WWE on NJPW soil. But that means as well, at the moment, I mean, uh, Will Ospreay unfortunately has had to vacate the IWGP Headbreak Championship due to injury. There's been a lot of speculation going on what to happen there. But we could possibly see Osprey versus McIntyre as well in the future. And you think about the talent Nakamura, AJ Styles, Adam Cole, people that have been in New Japan going back and wrestling there. Of course, Kushida as well. It's big, big news. But uh, we shall see what's going on uh, with that. 
as uh, we continue back to Dynamite now. And of course, we see commentary hyping up tonight's show. Uh, backstage, Ortiz, Sammy Guevara, and Jake Hager are interviewed. They said the pinnacle. They said they had the pinnacle beaten last week, but MJF stole it from them, and then showed his true colours by throwing Chris Jericho off the cage and getting Santos stabbing him with a fork. Well, they want another match. It'll never be over as long as we're in the same company. Give them their rematch, or they'll put you in the grave. And then we see Cody Rose entering to send us to a break and to sleep. Back from the commercial, and Cody. Well, he says he knows patriotism is out of style, but he's not being proud to be an American. Anthony Gogo has run down and verbally buried the United States with such vitriol. And the irony is that he's got a visa and it afforded the same rights to all of us. He's pure something being what makes us great. So he's a little different when whether or not I get to have rights is the subject of the argument and carries on about the American dream and such. He talks about how his kids will be biracial and shun neither identity. And he wants her to know that he didn't just lay down the else's. He got off his ass. The match is going to happen at double or nothing, but it's not the American nightmare that's fighting. The presentation won't be different. He'll be the American dream, Cody Rhodes. Wow, so the American dream is gimmick is coming back for this. I mean, I'm not a fan of this story. This is basically down to the fact that a go-go has said that the United States is shit. You know where this story is. You've seen it a hundred times. He laid him in the flag of the UK, and now the storyline is, if you're not happy, then why don't you go back to where you come from? In 2021, Dan, is there any place for a storyline like this in professional wrestling? There is. You know, everyone has their right. You know, you can lay your hat wherever you want to. Without a doubt. And I'm just, I'm just not a fan yeah, the story behind it. I mean, do you know much about this? The Bucks turning heel yet again? Uh, yes, uh, you know, the Bucks turn heel. They kind of joined. Is it? Are they the elite? They're kind of the elite the, now, the, the yeah. The dark elite or whatever they're going as. And uh, yeah, I've I've kind of seen a few things. I think, you know, the young Bucks are mocking wrestling. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? They keep doing the kind of, I love you, I'm, you know, all that kind of shit as yeah. well. Uh, the thing is about it is, you know, they kind of turn the hill. AEW fans have talked about a lot of long-time storytelling because they were in Japan. But I don't know about them. You know, for me, the Bucks are a great tag team. There's no doubt about that. One of the best, if not the best in the world. But I just, I don't know at the moment with this story with Don Callis involved and, and Kenny Omega and everything like this. But the thing is with SCU, Niels and Kazarian, if they don't win this, they'll have to split up. As a tag team. Now, before we start having a go at the Young Bucks, what are your thoughts on SCU, Kazarian and Daniels? SCU, they are, they are a great kind of uh, tag team. They have been around for a long, as long as I can together. I think these are two great veterans of the the game. They've had loads of great matches as well. Um, you know, it's I think these are kind of going against the Young Bucks, against the odds as good brothers out there, and you know. Like, you know, I'm kind of 90% sure that the Young Bucks are going to get the victory due to nefarious. Yeah, well, it's been interesting with Daniels uh, because obviously with uh, Impact Wrestling or TNA was back in the day, especially with Kazarian as well. You know, that's such a great tag team. And a true legend, maybe it's a shame he never got a a kind of main event run. But, of course, the first tag team champions in AEW history. As now it looks like Matt and Nick Jackson got an idea to... uh, Hurt the lower back of Daniels. So what's your problem with the Bucks at this moment in time? I just think they're kind of... They're turning into a parody of wrestling. They are an extremely talented couple of wrestlers. You know, don't let this kind of take you away from the fact. But it's... it's they're becoming a parody. You know, they kind of... They look stupid in some... Doing. Um, you know, they, they kind of preach being the best. But then 
they always have to cheat and use the things. I, I do like to see heels winning cleanly, you know, like to prove that you don't always have to cheat to win to be a heel. Um, yeah, I, I think like Kenny Omega, they just try too hard with everything they do and they kind of overperform it, which takes something away from <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to see behind the curtain too much, do you? You no. know, like, that's the whole point. And, and the thing is, is that they're mocking, you know, wrestling from bygone eras, but if it wasn't for that, they wouldn't be where they were today because exactly. of it, you know? You know, they're mocking the kind of things that paved the way for them. You know, if it wasn't for the Rockers, there would be no Young Bucks. If it wasn't for the Hardys, and, you know, that kind of pisses me off that, like, you know, they, especially Shawn Michaels, who is one of, if not the greatest performers alive, and they're like, I'm sorry, you know, it's, why do that? Yeah, no, it's just, you know, it's, it's just one of those things I think they've got to be careful about. There's no doubt, like you said, they are talented. I mean, look at, uh, Nick Jackson right now, you know, I think the Hill turns really helped him. I think he was quite a bland uh, baby face. So I think, you know, Hills do so, suit the Bucks out, but it's like now even the, the amount of taunting and stuff like this. But when they win, it makes the faces look inferior, doesn't it? Um, a Brandon Cutler is at ringside with him. And talk about cut. Oh, Daniels, yeah. Daniels just got super kicked against the ring post. Now he's busted wide open. But I mean, I'm... every time a super kick... <laughs> And the ring post. You've got to have us. Well, you've got to admit, that's some gush, you know. Well, now Kazarian's fighting this alone. Wow, he kind of slingshots uh, Jackson and catches him with the car. I think that's Nick Jackson down at the moment. Referee's putting on the gloves now. Kazarian realising what's happened to Daniels. Yeah, because he's not a veteran. And he... Oh, look, his opponent. These are the things they could do. They don't need to... That was a nice double there by the Bucks. But now Kazarian getting out of harm's way. Going for the cover. Oh, he caught Nick, who was flying through the air. He's got a pin on both bucks. They both might kick out. Oh. That's another thing that annoys you as well, isn't it? Look at the referee doing it at the moment. Nothing. I don't know what he's just done. Well, Gallo's up in the apron and can't see Kazarian with the pin. Obviously. I mean, because there are no other people that hate these uh, the elite. So, you know, no one would ever want to come and help you. Well, what's Kazarian going to try now? Looking right at Gallo. Plants <laughs> into the mat, turns over to... Well, hitting the stalls clash in front of the former club members. Probably going to uh, annoy him a little bit. But like I said, the pinfall was broken up. Uh, Gallo's is really weird now. It looks I mean, like he's got some like weird piece of... Yeah, he's dangly. He calls him dangling, the dangly one. Oh, there you go. Looks like Kazarian's going to be finished now. Tombstone pole driver. A knee to the... But Daniels manages to recover him. Well, Daniels won't know where he is. The Angels' wings hit. Well, this might be SEU's chance now because Aaron's been there a long time, but Daniels might be rejuvenated. Maybe not. We don't know where he is. <laughs> well, he hit with a spear. We came in all groggy. Now Matt is punching away at the cut on Daniels' head. Well, he's going to be the end for Christopher Daniels now if he's not careful. That was blocked. A backdrop. Well, Don Callis and commentary moaning about these shoes being ruined now because Daniels bled on them. That'll get you a fair uh, fee on eBay, I'm sure. Indeed. And because of that, this is what we've come down to, sneakers. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry, I love you. Matt Jackson mocking. We sure Michael's Ric Flair into the cover. It's going to be over. Daniel's managing to kick out. Oh, no word. We found a shot but this just might be the end. Arunagi uh, from Daniel's going up top. No, oh. he can't even do it. He's too groggy. Well, he went for the best moonsault ever. Second time lucky. Oh, he manages to hit it into cover. Two. No, he gets broken up. Nick was in for a second or two. He just got clotheslined out. That's Anderson. Oh, the cold spray to the eyes. 
<laughs> a super kick. A can. No. no. See Dan's disappointment there. We're going to finish NWO style 1996. <laughs> Has stopped the can to the face. Didn't get the job well, done. Daniels. Every fucking thing else. Daniels is still in this. But the Bucks are going to end it now. E-T-E trigger. Because they're trying to jump over the top to save it. But no, that is it. These have retained their titles. And they see them covered in blood. But it's Daniels. Is the canvas is coloured. And that is the end of SCU as a tag team. The Bucks win. And you see him celebrating there. And what an emotional moment this is now. Kazarian finally realising that him and Daniel's no more. Well, he won't SCU later. And what a moment this will be. We talked about the respect shown earlier. All about the respect show now. Who's going to turn on who? Who's no. going to blame who? They can't have an amicable. just doesn't. Thoughts? What about that emotional farewell from that tag team there, eh? Oh, oh wait a minute. Beautiful. We've gone backstage to Moxley and Kingston. Who are destroying the Elite's dressing room, even though the Elite was just at ringside for that match. Yeah, but this is payback because who doesn't like a destroyed dressing room, eh? Exactly. Why, why beat the fuck out of someone when you can hurt inanimate objects? The thing is, as well, why not show that moment? If it was WWE... Uh, they would have had maybe a f- music playing, upset, fireworks. They would see it after oh, the fact. Look, then they go moments ago. Well, I they mean, could have showed it as it was happening. And then shown moments ago. Just kind of, he's like, oh, that was a sweet moment. And then it gets interrupted. And then you come back to it. Uh, about the match, I thought this was a fantastic match. And the Bucks, for me, are the best tag team in the world. Dan, what were your thoughts on that tag team match? Because I know you didn't like majority of it but come on I think the Bucks are a great tag team and things in the ring but I, I just think that they kind of they're making a mockery of everything that came before them and I don't think they have any respect yeah they're heels but I still you know even heels kind of don't disrespect the way that was paved well we'll see what happens uh, with the Bucks as we continue, we see Christian Cage is interviewed backstage. He takes issue with Taz critiquing Liti and there's no denial. But now he's not going to back up. The f- he's got an open contract and he wants Taz, any member. of. And as for double or nothing, he's going to be in a royal casino battle royal and win it. Oh, good. Another battle royal for an AW pay-per-view. Well, Matt Sidell rolls up and he's going to be in that match too. And he's his mind on redemption. You'll say he's going to beat Christian before double or nothing. So, Christian... He's not only got a feud with Team Taz after critiquing his wrestling ability, he's also got beef with Matt Seidel. Yes, so we're going to find out what happens with that beef next week. And of course, uh, if you win the Battle Royale, you'll become number one contender to the AEW World Championship. And speaking of that, the next matchup, Orange Cassidy versus Pac, would decide it. Yes, well, Pac broke Cassidy's shades early and freshly squeezed, answered back with a Beach two count. Two. Are rolling enter the break, but the bastard out. And when a bastard delivered a Liger bomb for two. Two. The crash landed left Cassidy reeling in the need of a match, ending in a no contest. So Megan Cass celebrated the outcome, suggested Kenny would have the night off on May 30th, but Tony Schiavone emerged from the commentary table, revealed that Omega would defend a title against both men in a freeway. Uh, this was a good match to the incident. Let's just see the replay we're talking about here. But it's a super kick to the face, which I don't think was... Too bad, even though he's reacting to it now. And then, of course, the power bomb, which put them all the way down. Still managed to kick out. 
Uh, so, and that's him out of it, basically. So then they had to go on the fly, have Omega come out. Uh, they were going to make it a triple threat match anyway, my assumption is. But he had to do it. Uh, first and foremost, talks about the protocol here. I mean, Cassidy's obviously sustained a head injury. Do you think they were right to continue the match? You know, it should be kind of protocol put in place. Cassidy, you know, he should be immediately attended to. The X should be thrown up. Um, if Omega was going to come out, he should have come out. Yeah. Uh, and also, what are your thoughts on the AEW World title being Pac versus Orange Cassidy versus Omega at the pay-per-view? Versus Omega, that's good. Orange Cassidy, it kind of brings a difference. Well, we'll see what happens. Of course, we'll run through the card in a little bit. But we see the Elite are in the locker room upset about Kingston and Moxley trashing the place. The Bucks invite the Varsity Blondes to step in the ring with them next week. But they're going to set the personal grudge for themselves at double or nothing. And they want Kingston and Mox at the pay-per-view. And on that bombshell, we go to the break. Back from commercial, Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order are in. Dark Order pledged to get Hangman back. To, he says it was bound. To, he was number one and he had a target on his back. And it took three and a half guys to... And if he was the kind of guy he thinks Brian Cage is, he wouldn't be satisfied with that Vic. So why not leave Team Taz behind and face him one-on-one and earn that Well, if he loses, he can accept that. But for Cage, it's double or nothing there. Hey. Uh, the pickle make their entrance, bring some pretty ladies to the stage with them for their celebration. A braggadocious MJF touted his faction success and denied Inner Circle's challenge for a rematch. Well, Tony Blanchard part over the pinnacle presented with expensive watches just as the celebration seemingly crescendoed and Airhorn interrupted the proceedings. Ortiz, Jake Hagen, Sammy Guerrero entered Daly's place in a modified full wheeler complete with a little bit of bubbly banner. Chris Jericho, supporting an arm brace, emerged from the back and issued a challenge to MJF for one last battle. When he denied it, Guevara turned a hose on them, dousing them in the bubbly. And all right, MJF accepts the challenge this time for stadium stand feeding. If Inner Circle loses, they have to disband forever. Um, this just went on and on. MJF talks the rest, just stand there. And the old beer truck routine, Dan, no, eh? What about it was that? A bubbly truck. Yeah, but come on, we've seen milk, we've now seen bubbly. I mean, come on, if, if WWE did this, people would fucking slay. Well, you know, that's, that is your opinion, James, and I'm not <laughs> going to deny you your opinion. Well, back from commercial, JR had a sit-down interview with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She said it's poetic that monster Hikaru Shida creates, is going to dethrone her unless she kills her. But you, she may, but you may have noticed she's pretty hard to kill. Talk turns to Baker, interrupting a Forbes photo shoot earlier, Shida. She says she just saw, thought the article should have pics with a current... She says she's a pulse of the division and come double or nothing, the women's division is going to live on its own, the champion. Well, we see Jasmine Allure versus Thunder Rosa and Circle of Rosa with a knee, a chop forearms and the ropes. Allure get a little bit comeback, but Thunder rolls away and hammers over a shotgun dropkick. Scoops slam, running centre on shoulder breaker, sets and in the fire, Thunder driver for the victory. Well, commentary hypes up next week's show for us. We get footage of Jade Cargill being... Yeah, smart Mark Sterling pitching her on his management on Dark this week is played, but she says she handles her own business. And as for the office, she's listening, but she's got her own boss, and she's that bitch, and we go to a break. Well, back from commercial, we get a video package of Darby Allen going back to the beat-up old skate building that he used to haunt and asking Miro what he knows exactly who he is but who is he's not letting him take the title away from him. and say what you want you'll have to admit he's one of the toughest well we know about Darby Allen he's being groomed as uh, one of the future stars of course beat Cody Rose 
for the TNT Championship. Got Sting in this corner. But Miro is a guy, of course, the former Rusev Dan. He's been waiting this moment for a very long time. And as you can see, even before the Belvins, he wants to get hold of Darby Allen. This is a different Miro. This is a different Rusev than we've ever, ever seen. He destroyed uh, Kip Sabian and blamed him. Uh, after being christened the best man, saying it was his fault. He wanted gold, and he's targeted Darby Allin. Is there anybody that stops this man if he's motivated? Um, well, you know, this is kind of like what Rusev was a bit more like when he came into the WWE, you know, and a lot more intense, a lot more focused, a lot more ambitious. I think this EW going well, you know, the man he was feuding with in WWE that was kind of fucking regarded as a serious crappy is the champion. Um, so, you know, kind of we need Miro or, you know, the former Rusev to kind of get a bit of something, you know, to say, look, if you'd have stayed in WWE. Well, I think Miro is a guy that can go to the very top. Uh, I think he's got he's got the kind of attitude. Uh, we've seen it with WWE when he was there. He wanted to leave to go AW, And I think AW waited a very long time to actually give this opportunity. And I think he's got to shine in it, you know. Does he need... A mouthpiece. No, he's no. good enough. No, he, his work, his, his work, and his, his to to list has been very simple. He's been saying, "I want the gold," and if anybody's holding that championship, no matter who you are, I'm going to take you out. And it's very simple, very effective. We're not other cat. Some characters talk too much; they do too much. Miro's a man of action. Look what he's doing to Darby Allen right now. <laughs> like... he is, he's just clotheslined him over barricade. He certainly seems focused. He certainly seems like, you know, he is a different character to the character, you know, that left WWE that was so over with fans, like the Rusev Day gimmick. Um, you know, that was absolutely universally loved. Now he's kind of, look, I'm going to be taken seriously for a bit now. You know, he was a bit of a joke when he was with um, Kip Sabian. But uh, now, you know, now he is <laughs> now intense. He's, now he's no joke. Overhead, suplex. And he's encouraging the fans to chant for Darby Allen. <laughs> he is crazed at this moment in time. After breaking Kip Sabin's arm, he then accepted Kip's apology and held him there. Uh, Kip is going to be out for about six months. Uh, of course, uh, we see even Scorpio Sky looking on. They've had their problems with Sting and Darby Allen as well. But I'll put Rusev in the same category as a kind of a Cesaro of a guy who's well due a chance to see where they go with it. You know, we talk about. You know, Rusev at WrestleMania coming out with a tank or, you know, as the United States champion and all this kind of stuff. But let's just see what he can do. Because I think this man, I mean, look at him. He is dominant. Oh, well, well, most definitely. But, you know, you're kind of the man. Oh, yeah, they have so much better from what he was getting in WWE, a mid-run title. Let's, let's embrace him in AEW now that he's finally getting a chance at. A midway title. Well, the bell finally rings and the Matchka kick might put Derby away. Uh, I agree, but I think there's room. You know, this is just the start. Miro thinks he's won. But this is just the start, I think, of from the TNT Championship moving on to the well side. Obviously, there's a hill and Omega at the moment, so they can't face him. My, what I'm thinking, Adam Page beats Omega, and then you've got Miro down the line as well. Um, I'm, that's my hope anyway, you know. Yeah. But it, it'd be interesting, because I think the TNT title at the moment means more than the Intercontinental or United States Championship, the way it's been treated on television these past yeah, the past year or so. Well, absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, since Darby Allin captured the title, I think that's when it kind of made it seem a bit better because, you know, everything that Allen put himself through to get that title to kind of do something. And then, you know, for him to be going against uh, Miro now, 
Now, let's not forget Cody's held his championship as well, and of course Brody Lee as well. So you know, it's it's oh. bad. Hell, what? fucking hell! <laughs> what happened? There? I don't think I've seen that before. Um, well, Darby Allen's just kind of gone for a suicide dive, but he's kind of rotated in the air, and he's his upper that's taped up heavily. Now he's going for the coffin drop off of the top to the outside. He gets caught by Miro, who delivers right. German suplex, <laughs> and then just roars into the camera. And he's got a bogey, which just makes it look bad now. Oh, I don't care. I mean, this is the mirror that we haven't... Uh, I don't think we've seen at this moment in time. And Darby's been great. There's, there's, don't get me wrong. And one of my problems with Blood and Guts was, of course, Jericho falling on the crash mat. Unfortunately, like an hour earlier, we saw Darby Allen getting thrown down a flight of concrete stairs. So it kind of took away a little bit. And what was more talked about? Yeah, exactly. That's true. I talked about the concrete stairs more because I wanted to make that point of how sick Darby Allen was. And then we see during the break, Sting getting attacked by Paige and Scorpio Sky. Because it's another funny thing, Daniel, like this. Even Paige, you team up with Josh Alexander in Impact, went over to AEW because he didn't want to be in a tag team. <laughs> so Miro now loves it as well, as he look what he does to Darby Allen. And Allen hasn't got a chance here, is he? Um, <laughs> There's no way. Rusev is just... Gripping him in a bear hug. Squeeze the life out. There's no doubt Miro is a machine and Darby has defended the TNT title, what, nine, ten times. So what happens to Darby after this? Well, he's going to be, like I said, his dad's at ringside, isn't he? Sting, so they're going to continue being the tag team unit. I think it's kind of ruined the outcome of this match a little bit. The fact is that Sky and Paige have been feuding with Sting and Darby and you're thinking, well, that's going to lead to a tag match at the pay-per-view. So what about the TNT title? But again, um... I suppose it's the best for Sting at this moment, and Darby still gets the rub, doesn't he? You know, so absolutely, yeah. But Sting, well, Sting's, you know, still he's still a name value. He's still, you know, he's have to change his name, did he? So you know, to like oh, Chris Martin or something. <laughs> Chris Martin. I don't know. I was trying to think something different from Sting, like Lee What's Singer. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, if you want to call him Steve, do we? Steve. Here comes yeah, Tony Schron. It's Tony Schron going. Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring to it, but Dar- Steve Splash. Steve Splash. Uh, well, Darby there had the sleeper on Bruce, uh, Miro. Nearly put him out. I think he had the belt as well. Was choking him. Maybe a can't have TNT title belt. <laughs> no, it's just the belt round his chalices. And now the forearm strikes. This might be the best course. Miro slowly fading with the TNT title as well. So has this mostly been like kind of Derby just taking a beating? Yeah. <laughs> well, not anymore. He's on top now. Oh, well, yeah. Apart from like... But we know Derby. He doesn't give... We know that type, you know? Like I say, he doesn't Jeff give Hardy. up. The Jeff Hardy type. Who kind of gets run into a barrier type, you know, that type. Yeah. There's no doubt, there's no one I've sort of taken more punishment in AEW than Darby Allen at this moment in time. Has he taken the Johnny Gagano Award for most punishment? I think he he might have done last year. But this year there's been a couple of really good candidates. This one might be up there. Depends what the finish is. You can see the red marks on his back. Uh, what's Miro going to do to uh, overcome the guts, Allen? He's certainly not shedding... Yeah, but maybe it's the old rope dope Maybe Darby, the longer he's in this, 
The more tired, the lactic acids. So you're saying he's la- playing possum. I think he might. Hello, possums. He might be the lactic acid building up in Miro. Those muscles that he's build. Suffering from fatigue. He must be. He, his hi- equilibrium shot. He, he's hyperextension of the legs if he's not careful. You don't want any hyperextensions because that does mess with your equilibrium. But at the moment, Sting looking on. Can't help Derby's in the middle of the ring. Maybe in perfect position. So Sting has been jumped. And he's back up. You know, now. He can't be involved in this match because they're both fake. So would he not want to get retribution against? Oh, Miro's a hit. Miro's a heel. He's taking off that protective tape. And now he's looking to just—he's going to break the arm off of Derby and hit him over the head with it. That's what Miro is going to do. Well, Miro was the uh, javelin thrower. <laughs> Derby Allen was the javelin, and the ring post was the javelin catcher. There you go, throwing him up against the ropes there as well. And you can see Danny smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his scot. Darby Allen in his crosshairs. And I don't think Darby knows what to do. And I don't think we've seen that. Look, looking at Sting and Sting going, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hit him with a Stinger splash. Go, oh, woo! Spec there. One last fight, son, into the breach. And Rero just saying, come on. Didn't Sting start his kind of uh, career off blonde, bleach blonde hair? Yeah, that's why he's seen the similarities in him. But Darby now taking down the legs. That was a nice version of the top into a cover. One, two. Now Miro's going to get pissed off. There's just too much power as Darby's trying to evade. Gets caught. Pop up. Another stunner. <laughs> He's just getting stunners from every angle. And now Darby going up. Maybe looking for the coffin drop to retain the championship. No, Miro catches him. Uh-oh. Immediately to his feet. Throws Allen who lands on his feet. I don't think Miro can actually believe that Darby lands on his feet. Now another roll-up. Two. No. Miro just managing to kick out. Ah. Darby now trying to go low and high. Code red. (laughs) Wow. Turned Miro inside out there. The referee stopped before Miro kicked out. Did you notice that? (laughs) It's like you had the referee's hand stop and then Miro got his shoulder up. Well, now an armbar maybe not the best idea because Miro can regain his base. Trips the leg. By God. Right into the... Accolade. Got Darby bent back on himself. Darby's out of it. Oh, and ladies and gentlemen, your new TNT champion. Go on then, Sting. Get in there. Make him break the hold on your friend. Go it's... in there and comfort him. <laughs> Sting. I'm trying to do my announcement. Sorry, mate. The new TNT champion, Miro. Dan, what a performance. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Guy and Paige are trying to jump. And one-legged man and ass-kicking contest. Not going to work out for Sting. But now the locker room's coming out. They're it, huge Sting fans, or is it the Dark Order? It's the Dark Order. You can tell by Colt Cabana doing oh, that, nothing. That fuck waddling throw. <laughs> but Miro destroys Darby Allen, becomes TNT champion. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? That was really enjoyable. Yes, but again, a nice poignant moment of Miro gaining his first title was kind of overshadowed by the shenanigans going on there. And, you know, it's like, for fuck's sake, man. Let's have these moments. You know, let's have Miro's face as he's kind of got the title. Let's have SCU's kind of dramatic breakup. You know, the respect they've, they've been together for ages. But no, let's see fucking John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I tell you what, I have seen that match with Miro and uh, Derby before. It's when one of those crash test dummies in the car gets thrown out the vehicle about 20 feet. That was the kind of 
summing up of what this match was, is making Miro look like an absolute monster. Darby doesn't lose anything to defeat, because how the fuck was he going to beat him anyway? He teams up with Sting, he moves on. Lance Archer now with Jake the Snake is next in line for the TNT Championship. We'll see that at double or nothing as well. So that'll be two big men going out. Uh, I thought that match was enjoyable. I thought the Dynamite was good. And I think the, if they had that card on with the Blood and Guts match, that would have been a hell of a special or a pay-per-view. You find the greater matches of them two come up with... Without a doubt. Uh, we get more news. News. And AEW President CEO, General Manager and Head of Creative and the um, Forbidden Door, Tony Khan. He appeared and announced a new agreement with Warner Media. The new agreement will see AEW Dynamite move to TBS. In it was also revealed that a new TV rampage will be at 10p. The one-hour TNT show will premiere on Friday. Well, Rampage will move to TBS with Dynamite in 2022. Uh, Carnals AEW will begin airing quarterly TV specials on TNT in 2022 as well. Uh, we can get more details. So basically what it is, they're moving now from TNT. So do we, are we going to call it now the TBS uh, championship uh, and also total bullshit <laughs> what do you think of another hour will it saturate uh, dynamite we've already got two hours of dark two hours of uh, elevation now you're going to have rampage and dynamite well, you're going to have another fucking hour of Cody Rhodes Young Bucks Kenny Omega good <laughs> brothers they've got quite a vast locker room seeing I completely agree so we carry on with the May 19th show and it opens with the intro video and of course we're going to get Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel. This was made last week with Christian offering Team Taz Seidel uh, answer and of course he's had problems with Team Taz recently. He beat uh, powerhouse Will Hobbs of course and um, injured Ricky Starks as well. So Christian's come over Dan, much uh, fun fair about it. What are your thoughts of Christian joining A? What are your hopes and dreams of him and what are your thoughts? I don't know. I hope he has a few good matches. I think that's kind of like the uh, the best you can hope for Christian. You're not obviously not going to see him as AEW champion. You know, you might get a TNT championship run, possibly. Maybe a tag team championship run. Well, if he wins the Casino Battle Royale, he will be number one contender, so he will get a shot. But Matt Seidel, of course, anybody else, maybe watch WWE back in the day, Evan Bourne. It's good to see him, him and his brother working as a tag team at this moment in time. But what were your thoughts on Evan Bourne or, or Matt Seidel? So, hang on, let me just... So, this feud... So, Matt Seidel is feuding with Team Taz. Matt Seidel just wants an opportunity. Right, Matt. yeah, but Matt Seidel, obviously, Team Taz, they hurt his brother and that, and like kind of, you know... And Christian, he's also feuding with Team Taz. So it makes certain sense that the two people that are feuding against Team Taz have a match against each other. Well, I think this is about respect and about, like I said, these two guys. You know, if you're watching WWE 10 years ago, these are going to be two guys that you would think would be on it the show 10 years later. It's weird they're in AEW now. I think Evan Bourne or Matt Seidel is criminally underrated what he can do. I think, you know, someone his size and that maybe didn't get a fair crack at the whip. Do you think him, if he'd have been in WWE, though, it would have just been 205 Live, kind of NX-bound for him? Well, I think if he'd come round at a different time, I mean, let's not forget the success he did have with Kofi Kingston, you know, Air Boom. Uh, the RKO won the, probably the best RKO ever uh, that he took as well. So, you know, there's still a lot of stuff that he did in that short space of time. But then again, I think Christian is a guy that maybe, should he have held more titles than he did? I think he should have done, yeah. I think, you know, kind of... Um, his talents were overshadowed by Edge, which is an unfortunate thing. 
Um, Christian, you had to have his own success. He had a bit of ECW. He had a bit of. He did hold the uh, heavyweight championship and a great feud he had against Randy Orton as well. Do you think though that's why he signed for AEW? Because Edge has come back at the same time and he's thinking, well, if I stay with WWE, I'm just going to be the guy that gets beaten up by the person feuding with Edge. I think, yeah, that you know, that was kind of his place. Would you like to have seen Edge and Christian kind of team up again, kind of have a last nostalgia run? Seeing as though kind of Edge, you know, there's not really a lot of many other options for him. Well, I, I think with Edge, they're, they're going to put him back in the, the main event scene. But I would love to see tag team with Christian. But I think with Christian's thinking, he wants to compete for the titles in a match against Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. If it happens would be worth him going across because would he get an opportunity at, say, a Roman Reigns or a, a Bobby Lashley or even a Drew McIntyre for the championship? But saying that, wouldn't you have loved to see an Edge and Christian tear the house down? Well, no, because it's more about what Christian wants as but well. Then, like you no, said, yeah, he's yeah, been in his shadow. That, he's could not... have, that could have factored into the feud and made it a lot more real. I mean, like, you know, aside from being the number one contender, what else would Christian and Kenny Omega have to kind of make the feud go... Wow, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I know it's kind of got Christian's kind of name brand selling powerings, but, you know, aside from that, you can bet your house that Christian's going to lose the match. But Christian's work ethic now is outwork everyone, and he wants to go in the ring. And we saw it in his debut with Kazarian, and now, like Matt Sidell, he wants to show that he is one of the best, and we've, I, you know, many people have overlooked him throughout the years for what he can do in the ring. So. Yeah, like I said, it's it's down to his. I reckon it's down to him personally, as opposed to anything else. Okay, then, James, let's ask what you think personally. Who do you think is personally in better shape, Christian or Edge? Christian. Christian looks a million times better at the moment. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, WWE started panicking that Edge looked old. That might have factored into the the ending of WrestleMania. You know, but there's no doubt that you know Christian coming back at the Rumble was one of my favourite moments of the year. Him going to AEW is a bit of a surprise, but. It depends how they use him. If you know, I know how good Christian can be, so it'd be interesting to see. But is it another case of AEW signing WWE stars and then oversaturating it? You know, I mean, people go at Sidell Christian, but we've seen it before. We've seen Dean Ambrose, we've seen Rusev, we've seen Evan Bourne. Now, is it too much? Yes. Um, again, you know, for a company that wants to set itself apart, it hasn't really done too much. Kind of setting itself apart. I mean, you know. Uh, at their last kind of pay-per-view special, they kind of had two rings set up. You know, it's, I mean, war games. Yeah, but to be fair, I mean, Dusty Rose did create the gimmick, so uh, Cody could... Oh, Cody has all rights. Do you know what I mean? But done it. But I now think... he is um, the American dream, Cody Rose. But I think because of TakeOver, and they took the war games gimmick uh, match as well. Like you said, it, it's set up in a way where you're always going to compare the two. And I think with AEW, you've got to be careful. You know, yes, you can have JR on commentary and you can have Christian wrestling and all this kind of jazz, but you've got to bring other people. We kind of have seen that uh, with, you know, you like to talk about Orange Cassidy or maybe uh, Hangman Adam Page kind of coming through a feud, but it's all about kind of the end game for it, you know, and who, like you said, who comes out on top. And to have that kind of not sure what's going to happen. And I think that's what, made Dynamite good for a little while where you weren't sure what was going to happen each time. And even in the matches, you could have a surprise. And now it seems quite formulaic. And is that a case of them not being a new company and finally writing TV like that? Or a case of just not being stale, but do you know what I mean? Just carrying on that road and just doing the same thing week in, week out. I, I, I kind of think with AEW, you know, it's kind of, it started in the beginning and it's kind of, it's not found itself an evil kiln yet. Where... 
there's kind of it's it's not flowing organically. You know, it's it kind of oh yeah, you seem they've got something good going, and then like they they kind of give the person who's in that good feud a feud with someone else, and it gets a bit confusing and you're like well why is he actually wanting to fight him apart from the reason like you know AEW matches I think this is what we're going to kind of see of like the veteran getting worn down and then kind of making his comeback but you could say Matt Sardell's kind of got a bit of I think it'd be interesting to see how they use him at the moment especially Sardell it's more of a kind of you know losing that match to the guy who goes on then to the, the bigger one but then again this might be an upset if Sardell can do it he may be the favourite going into a double or nothing. He's striking to a cover to kick out. Oh. Do you like the third eye gimmick, James? Have you opened up your third eye? <laughs> Do you know what? I don't mind uh, Sidell. And like I said, I think they need to be uh, given a bit more of a chance, maybe going a little bit of a streak. Yeah, they're picking up uh, wins on dark and stuff like that, but you need to kind of make it pay at dynamite. I don't think it's too bad. Uh, and again, with Christian, it's just a case of how they use them. Because they are great talents, there's no doubt about it. As Christian now going to pay uh, tribute to his friend, maybe, with Spear. No, Sidell managing the sunset flip into a cover. But only a two count. Two, <laughs> that was a close two. Sidell may be looking for a submission now. Christian's bleeding from the mouth. Struggling to spin his body round and get his feet to the bottom right. You talk about instincts of Christian now getting onto the apron. Christian maybe sucking him in a little bit there. Sidell missed a kick, got hung up on that top rope. Christian off the top. Oh, looking for the cross body, but Sidell ducking it. Springboard moonsault, Christian rolls out, hits the spear. Rolls him up, one, two, no. Well, that Sidell managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. It may be the case that he was folded over and the momentum was on his side in the end, but Christian now maybe looking to finish things. Well, went for the kill switch, but Sidell there with a knee to the face. Picks the ankle, standing, corkscrew moonsault, but Christian gets the knees up. Kill switch, engage. And I think that's all she wrote. One, two, three. Yeah, Christian gets the win in this one. Not a bad match. What do you think? How do you think uh, Christian looks at this moment in time? I think he looks good. You know, um, he's certainly in great shape, still working hard. Um, you know, I don't know what more he can achieve in WW uh, in AEW. We'll be interested to see what happens and we see a nice uh, little show of respect there as well. And Taz is not happy on commentary. A Christian offering Taz into the ring. It was a great thing a couple of weeks ago where Christian said to Taz, you're just envious that you can't come back in the ring like I can. You see uh, Taz trying to rival Rhino for wideness in the wrestler. What this fucking rock wannabe is cooking. Well, Ricky Starks carrying a couple of injuries. Well, Ricky Starks, Taz and here comes Hook. Taz's son. Hook. And now Cage and Hobbs. So Cage fighting Cage. They should do it in a cage. They should do it against Ethan Page. With Diamond Dallas as a special guest referee. And Adam Page. They've got fucking... They've got two minutes. I've said this before. Pages I'll say it again. Pages and cages. Pages and cages. AEW must get paid. They're, they're Adam Page. Adam Page. Yeah. Come out. Well, give him Ricky's... St- and he's had... going to save Christian Cage. Well, he's had a problem... With uh, Brian Cage recently, Cage beat him uh, Cage to go beat Page. to go ahead in the rankings. So Ho- Page saves Cage. Well, Hobbs accidentally hits Cage, avoids Page, but Three- Page comes back and hits Page. Yeah, that's Adam Page. Christian Cage is down. Brian Cage now. Oh, yeah, Adam oh, Page. The buckshot lariat attempt, but Cage catches Page, but Page slips off Cage, and now Hook. Oh, with the heel hook. Oh, he's taking it down as Ricky Starks looks on, and now Cage. 
powers him up. Last ride. Cage powerbombed Paige while Cage was laying on. And Team Taz making a statement there. So a couple of feuds uh, being put together there, which is always nice to see. Double or nothing. We're going to see Adam Page versus Ben Cage. Uh, and Christian gets the win, but not the last laugh. So up next, the Varsity Blondes and Julie Hart are interviewed backstage. Brian Pimper Jr. says his father is actually why he stayed away from wrestling until he met the Young Bucks and gained hope that he could be in the business right away. Griff Housen talks about how stoked he was to man the Bucks merch table years ago, but the change needed a reality check in the Formula Blondes winning the tag team titles. Well, back from commercial, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston cut a, pro, uh, cut a promo on the acclaimed. They talk about the arse kicking they're going to hand out. And then the acclaimed get a counter. Well, now Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus the acclaimed. Of course, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. The acclaimed are the guys that come out rapping like. Oh, yeah, but this was good because uh, Mox attacks Bowens while Caster's still rapping. We got a brawl. He says, uh, I can do oral sessions with his wife uh, to Moxley. Of course, that's the name for podcast and also meaning something else as well. So uh, actually not too bad, Dan, at this moment in time. Uh, what about the match, though? Uh, well, yeah, Kingston's legal, half Nelson off the ropes, and then Caster trips Moxley up. Anthony backhands Eddie and catches a chain from Caster. Referee Bryce Rensberg sees it, but Max is in the ring with the boombox. Mox takes it from him and wallops him between the eyes. Tenryo and Seguri from the King, Tad to Mox, fired up Wilbarrow. And then the Wilbarrow paragraph shift on Anthony. Uh, it was a really good match. Mox and Eddie look like they're having fun as well. Okay, so why are they um, going against the Acclaimed? Because the Acclaimed, the number one ranked tag team in AEW. And, uh, of course, the Bucks want, Mo- uh, want Moxley and Kingston to challenge them. But they have to be number one contenders. So if they beat them, when they beat them here, they've gone above them now in the ranking. So, in actual, like I say, I'll oh, call okay. it when I call so, it. That made so, sense. So the... Fatal four-way match. Yeah, SCU faced Bucks, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. So again, you've been a negative Nelly here, but I kind of I lost. Yeah. Yeah. So number one contender, there is no one number one contender. Not at the moment. The number one ranked team, which are the acclaimed. Yes. But to be the number one team, you've got to beat the acclaimed. Yeah, to go to number one ranked team until they announce the match for the pay-per-view, a bit like Adam Page and Ryan Cage had problems because. Page was ranked number one, looking like he was going to face Omega at the paper because Cage beat him. His ranking went down, and then they had a match for number contendership with Orange Cassidy and Pac, who were then one and two. So, like I say, it does make sense sometimes. So, where you does know? Christian Cage come into this? Christian then, Cage. He's obviously undefeated since his return to the ring. But he's only 3 and 0, though. So, but he's only 3 and 0. But yeah. the fact that he's undefeated and he's on a three match winning streak means nothing because he's not the number one contender. Because to become the number one contender, you have to beat the number one contender. Yeah, so he's probably ranked about five or six at this moment in time. So but have to beat number four or five. No, because the Casino Battle Royale is the opportunity to be the number one contendership. So if he's in that match and he wins it, then it doesn't matter about rankings, you'll be the number one contendership. Unless someone beats him. No, because he's the number one contender for that match. So so that's like, no, no, if we, yeah, if we talk money, money if we talk WWE way, yeah, in your way, it's not the same as WWE, but they don't have rankings. So if that's what's confusing you a little bit, AEW have the rankings, but then but they do have lost the briefcase to the Miz. Yeah, but you're thinking about WWE. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Then that could happen in this, <laughs> no, because AEW don't do that. Because the last oh. time they had that, they had the chip and they cashed in there, and that was Brian Cage. Right. So usually with AEW, like I said, I'll call it when I call it. And AEW, that does make sense with that, and yeah. the kind of the way the matches do with this. If it's bad, we'll call it. If it doesn't, but I've always done that, even with WWE. You so know. So is that why Moxley and Kingston 
destroyed the dressing room of the elite because they couldn't fight them in the ring, so they had to destroy their dressing room. No, what it dates back to is when Moxley was in the match. He was going to team with the Young Bucks to take on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega because Moxley was still annoyed that he didn't win the AEW World Championship in their pay-per-view match where Eddie Kingston saved him, which meant then they realised after feuding for that long that Kingston actually still had feelings for Moxley and they were still good friends. So the match was going to take place and then dating back to where they were as the elite in Japan when it came to the Good Brothers and Don Callis, the Bucks decided to side with Omega and the Good Brothers turning on John Moxley, at that time assaulting him, leaving him for dead. Kingston then came in to help Moxley, leading to the feud with the Bucks because Omega's obviously moved on to the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So the Good Brothers are kind of like the fucking goons in this one as well. Probably going to be used as a bit of filler. But they're trying to get towards Kingston and Moxley at the Bucks. And the only way they can do it to actually make sense in the rankings as well and stop everybody from pissing and moaning that pays attention to that is to have the acclaimed, who's the number one ranked tag team, lose to Moxley and Kingston to be into that position so then the Bucks and Kingston and Moxley make sense at the pay-per-view. <sighs> yeah? <laughs> right okay so we move on Chris Jericho is chatting with Dean Malenko backstage when an interview rolls up and I'll tell you what Dean does look old uh, he refuses to give Alex Marvez a scoop and sends him running all ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are interviewed in the ring by Tony Sky talks about how he used to look up to Sting but then something happened time Sting's not the man he used to be and he's no longer a child but rather a grown man Warning Sting to step aside before he puts him. Page takes the interview over and says Scorpio already proved he can put Sting down by hill hooking such that he missed a week of dynamite. And he hopes the Stinger was watching when he threw Darby Allin down the steps. Ethan's here to take everything away from Allin and he will be the nail in his coffin. The lights go down and Sting is here or Steve, it's Steve's here. Uh, and so is Darby. They beat Page and Sky up. Sting put Scorpio in the Scorpion Deathlock, which is quite good because the names are very similar. Scorpio, see what he did there, how similar they are. Uh, and it makes him tap out. We will see if Sting can go. This is going to be his first proper match. Of course, the last time he tagged with uh, Darby Allin was. So we'll see if he can still go in the ring. Uh, like I said to you, Page left Impact because he didn't want to be a tag partner. And now he's a tag team partner. <laughs> uh, back from commercial, we get footage of the Pinnacle having dinner. Well, MJF talks about how funny Chris Jericho is with his schoolyard humour. He hopes the inner circle laugh and laugh and laugh themselves silly because he always gets the last laugh. Dax Harwood complains that they have to waste time beating the inner circle instead of claiming all the gold. In- <coughs> Last year, Stadium Stampede was a dog and pony show, but this year they're in... <coughs> Four horsemen. Uh, I think this is what, you know, like you say, when they're trying to do this, like the four horsemen are the quintessential model of what everything is based on when people hold the titles. And if this is the way it's going to go, then at least Sean Spears is going to get uh, a chance at Goldad in quite a while. But he snaps as well and beats the waiter up, leaving Telly Blanchard to toss a guy a wad of money. And MJF closes the segment by saying that you're the pinnacle, you're always on top. Well, up next is Hikaru Shida versus Rebel. Rebel. Shida puts the boot to Rebel's injured knee, but Rebel pops up and does jumping jacks to injured. Palm strike, leg pick, elbow drop to the knee. Cheap shot with the ball with a gear bus- gore buster for two. Hikaru with a sit-out shin breaker, stretch muffler applied. That's up. 
Well, Baker, and you can only have one match on Dynamite as well for women. That Dems are rules. Uh, Baker lays Sheeda out. Uh, it should be Baker's time at the pay-through. This was a squash and hopefully bigger and better things coming up. Kenny Omega and Don Callis roll up on Orange Cassidy in a trainer's room to try and get him to sign a document backing out of the match at Double or Nothing in return for a singles match at Kenny at a later date. But Cassidy simply tears the contract up gears and says the damage he's going to do to Orange with the one-winged angel will be way worse than the power bomb that pack. Well, Callis gives him a second copy of the contract and tells him to rest up and give it some real thought. Uh, Orange Cassidy has been the focus of this story. Pack's kind of been the afterthought. Uh, we go to a break and then we... The inner circle make their Ortiz kicks things off, saying talk is a fight. Sammy Guevara agrees with him and says as long as both factions work, it's never going to Jake Hager says they don't have a choice. They're always said they're the baddest, so they have to accept the match, just like the Pinnacles. Uh, the last thing they want to be is a bunch of schoolyard bitches like them. Chris Jericho says the pinnacle of their head sizes. They can't hear very well, and he heard loud and clear their challenge for stadium stampede. He's not sure if it's worth it, and he thinks about the toll that blood and guts took on them. The piece of themselves they left in the ring, they'll never get back. MJF hurt him back, because that's but the mental being thrown off the top of the cage was the most terrifying. That will never go away. Was it worth it? The only answer he has, when he knows it'll be worth it to punch him. Well, the inner circle accept the challenge on May 30th. Hell is coming for the pinnacle, and the inner circle is going to dance all over the face and piss all over the grave. Flip birds at the camera, or tears flowing, throwing two up to represent her. Well, is this the end of the inner circle, do you reckon, and building up towards the fact that if they don't win, they'll be out? What are your thoughts? Is this the right time to finish it? Um... Uh... I, I don't know, I think, yes. Um, if they're going to give the pinnacle the rub on the way up, then, you know, it might be good for them. But then what are they going to do with Hager? Is he going to kind of still be Jericho's heavy? What's Jericho going to do? You know, who's he going to feud with? He's not going to really be floating around at the top since so they've kind of taken as much out of his name value as they possibly Yeah, well, I know he's got a tour with Fozzie coming up, so maybe that's the, the idea there. But we'd be interested to see what happens. Uh, again, I'm probably split 50-50 at this because you probably want the rubber match two teams as well. Another good promo, but it did feel long. We see Fitch Dave Cargill getting interviewed earlier today. Well, yeah, smart Mark Sterling rolls up and tells her he doesn't want her to work. For, he wants to work for her. And he sells her on taking her brand to the top. Two weeks in a row standing with Tony Schiavone. When's her sit down with Jim Rock? She tells him not to interrupt. Well, up next, Red Velvet versus Serena D for the NWA Women's World Championship. Uh, Irish rip reverse jockeying for position. Side slide roll through. Back body drop counter. Victory roll pin. Nope. Velvet with a moonsault and a Tenru powerbomb from Serena. Can't keep Red Velvet down. A half crab applied. Inside cradle counters, only two. Two. Off the ropes, Deeb with a chop block, step over arm lock, posting serenity lock. Yeah, Deeb with by submission, uh, really enjoyable match. Deeb has, of course, been around for ages, but Red Velvet has impressed in this one. Yes, Pat cuts a promo backstage. He's sick of and tired of getting robbed, but now he has his match and there's nothing. Kenny or the Young Bucks pricks a double or nothing. What fool would better get a break? Up next, Anthony Gogo versus Austin Gunn. Gunn is hot out of the gates, hammering Gogo with punches. Blue reverse, up and over, running blockbuster, hip toss blocked, and Anthony gets his wits about in body blow into the ropes. Austin collapses, but referees uh, refuses to finish it. Austin is bleeding from the mouth and actually splats upon uh, Gogo's face, which wasn't a bad uh, visual either. 
Uh, then he smears it across his own chest. He grabs it by the wrist. Short arm pop-up, haymaker, and he wins by stoppage. Uh, I hate this feud, and the go-go is greener than grass. Yes, and uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian backstage. Asked about his future, Daniels simply shakes Kazarian's hand and whispers in his ear before leaving. Kaz says he doesn't have the words to say what Chris has meant to him personally and professionally, and he doesn't know what path Daniels is on. But he knows where he, he's blaming the whole elite and he's going to hunt them member by member. What it feels like to have your heart ripped out. He's a bomb you can't defuse and a gun you can't un... And that's a promise, not a... F- the gospel according to... Oh, and we'll, we go to break. We'll see what happens with Kazarian trying to go against the elite. Uh, Miro makes an entrance and gets on the mic. First and foremost, he wants to thank Jesus Christ for protecting him, giving him strength and power to make him more aggressive than everybody else so he can destroy them. But that's not Darby Allen's talent. After talking all the crap, he beat him up so bad and took the title. Nobody doesn't know it. It doesn't matter who you are. If you have what Miro wants, you're done. So go home, make another one of your gritty student videos, and next week, live on Dynamite, somebody is getting an opportunity for his title. He's going to destroy them over and over. Enter Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts, trying and failing to hold him back. Well, Archer tells Miro to shut the hell up, and he's been the beast here in AEW going back to when Miro is still trying to have a day to himself. How to win the TNT Type 4, he's getting it done at double or nothing, and they're going to give people a monster fight like they haven't seen since Godzilla versus Kong, and he can't wait for them to beat the hell out of each other. He's going to hold that title over his head and make him his a Bulgarian bitch. Miro mockingly says that really hurt and accuses Lance of bringing an old man out to hold him. You better pray to God he stays away because there ain't enough yoga in the world to bring Roberts back. Everybody, you better be... Yeah, Archer looks really tired in this. I don't know if he's getting enough sleep. Uh, the match will either be great or complete garbage anyway. And then commentary informs that Dante Martin has already accepted Miro's challenge and hypes up the rest of next week's card. Poor sending us to a break. And when we're back, it's on to the main event. Yes, and that is the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison versus the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. You see Brian firing up, shoves for both Jacksons, superkick lays Nick out, but Matt breaks up the cover, sharpshoot in the middle of the ring. Nick sprays Pillman with a cooling spray, but Garrison breaks up the hold. Nick hits the superkick on Griff and finds the leg injury to distract Knox. Matt has a spray, but Julia Hart gets Rick's attention and takes it away. Matt then sprays Hart in the eyes of it. We see an earful double leg back into the sharpshooter and Pillman. Nick adds an X factor and dives on Garrison. And then the Young Bucks win by submission via sharpshooter on Brian Pillman Jr. to retain the tag team titles. So, who did the Varsity Blondes beat to be number one contenders to get the shot at the titles? Or does that not matter? Yeah, they were number one contenders. But then didn't Mox... Yeah, they went to number one, but they were number one contenders. Uh, so the claim must have been second, and then Varsity Blondes were first, but because then the Blondes lost to Thingy, they dropped out, you know, down to three. Kingston, Moxley drive up again. So actually, oh. this actually helps Mix, Mix, Mox and Kingston even more when you think about it. Yes, indeed. Because if number one and two of the tag team two. divisions lose and they win, they go up. And speaking of which, post-match, Moxie and Kingston slip in the ring and Brandon Cutler and Don Callis run for the heels. They beat the Bucks down. Eddie's biting Nick's ear while John puts boots to Mac and chokes them out. And the Bucks sneakers. Not so their sneakers. They're sneaking away with their sneakers. Well, commentary informs us that it's official. Moxley and Kingston will face the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championship at 
double or nothing. Yeah, they hope the rest of the card minus it. Next week will be on Friday night. This was a good match. Blondes impressed. Bucks with their heel shenanigans. But Dynamite has got worse each week. It doesn't fill me with hope on a four-hour pay-per-view coming up. But uh, ratings-wise, after hitting a couple of ones, Dynamite averaged 821,000 views on TNT last night, down 12.3% from last week. So lowest viewership for the show since April 7th, which was the last night NXT aired directly opposite Dynamite on Wednesdays. Uh, this ties the lowest mark for the show since March 33rd as well with the demo. So maybe NXT actually not going against AEW is affecting maybe both of them as well. But we should see what happens. We move on to Friday Night Dynamite, and it's the 28th of May. The show opens with the intro video and we get Cesar Bononi versus Darby Allen. Well Allen slivered his way out of the grasp of his opponent and applied a moments later he floated over the top with a stunner and rocked Bononi with a shotgun drop kick. Well a coffin drop followed and Allen picked up the win on his way to double or nothing where he teams with Sting to battle Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. After the match Allen called his pay-per-view opponents out only to have the heels appear and instead they waited until Bononi, Ryan Namath and pretty Peter Avalon Jumped the face-painted anti-heroes. The Dark Order made the save. Well, commentary hypes like the rest of the show. Paul White makes his entrance to host a weigh-in for Anthony Gogo and Cody Rhodes after the break. Well, back from commercial, Paul White welcomes us to the weigh-in. He says it's great to be here in front of a full crowd and introduces Peter Gogo first, accompanied by the rest of before introducing Cody Rhodes, American Dream, accompanied by his students, family and friends, including his sister, Till Margaret, who, of course, was the one who was afraid of the cold-blooded... Well, Cody's weighed first, and it's a bit of an ordeal because Paul doesn't bring a digital scale. In the end, he weighs in at £218. Anthony Gogo gets on the scales and comes in at £219. Cutie Marshall interrupts White and asks if anyone understands what just happened here, pointing out that Ogogo is heavier. That means he's got the victory in his hands. Well, Ogogo poses, and we get a bit of tension. Cody asks the crowd to give it up for Paul White and promises to see us at things. I hate this storyline. Uh, we get video package hyping up in the circle versus the pinnacle at Stadium Stampede. Backstage, powerhouse Will Hobbs and Christian Cage are brawling. Cage manages to throw Hobbs into a bit of fencing, but Will turns him right around. Christian goes to attack him with a bollard, but referees show up and pull them. Up next, Hangman Adam Page versus Joey Janela. Well, Paige caught him with a single-arm spinebuster, a la Ron Simmons. A la Ron Simmons. The bad boy recovered and delivered a top-rope elbow drop for two. Two. A bloodied Paige busted open hard way following an intensely recovered and obliterated Janela with a buckshot lariat for the victory. Well, after the match, Taz called out Brian Cage, the FTW champion, answered, and Paige said he knew what this was about, correctly stating Hook and Ricky Starks would be jumping him shortly. Don't call him shortly. Paige told Cage he knew he expected more out of him, telling him he had to leave the rest of Team Taz backstage and fight like a man. The machine accepted. Well, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston start to cut a promo, but the show cuts them off to go. Yeah, but don't worry, back from commercial, we do get the promo this time. Moxley says this, it's time to get serious. The Bucks think they're the best team in the world, and that he and Kingston are just thrown together. But their family, they each other's back in the wars. At double or nothing, it's going to be a war for the tag titles, and they're the most important tag titles in the world. Eddie takes over, and they speak for the underdogs. They're winning the titles. 
and then the Bucks are going to quit, and maybe there'll be the EV. The pressure's coming. Well, Pac makes his entrance and tells Tony Schiavone to leave the ring. He asks to accept his serious apology, because clearly we're expecting somebody else. But he's here to tell each and every one that on Sunday, Orange Cassidy will be irrelevant. Kenny Omega's ducking and dodging and manipulating, and frankly, it's pathetic. He calls Omega down for a face-to-face. Well, Don Callis appears on the Tron and claims that he's not even in the same building and calls Pac out as violent, aggressive, soulless sociopath. Kenny tries to blindside the bastard, but he gets caught with a kick on. The good brothers hit the ring to follow up and get the better of Pac, beating him down. Fenix and Pentup make the save. Well, Kenny with electric chair, but Cassidy and best friends come out and Pac slips out. Cassidy has a note for Kenny and gives it to him. Omega opens the envelope, giving herself a paper cut in the process. Pulls out the shredded remains of the contract they offered Orange last week. Orange takes Jacket off and he hits him with the Orange Punch. Cassidy goes to pick the title up, but Pac steps on it and goes for a power bomb. Orange slips out, Orange Punch for him too. And of course, Cassidy is the last man standing. Well, back from commercial, we get footage of Tony Schiavone interviewing Jade Cargill earlier today. Matt Hardy rolls up to try and sell her on joining the Hardy family office. And then smart Mark Sterling rolls up to inform him that she's already him to handle her. But if he keeps accosting her, he's going to have to slap him with a 50 training order. He says he only gets paid when she's Matt his card, leaving him... Or well, Jay Cargill versus Killin King next. They come by a new manager, Mark Mark Sterling. Jay Cargill made her way to the ring. Uh, in only a fifth match, she dominated the action throughout, wearing an opponent down and working a headlock. The aggressor halted a comeback attempt, sent King crashing back inside. She did in a version of Beth Phoenix Glam Sam, entitled Jaded for the Pinfall Victory. Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer cut a promo. Archer cuts Jake off and says he wants Miro to win tonight. Because he wants to beat him. Oh, Dante, Angel Dorado, Martin versus Miro for the TNT title. He's up next. We see a collar and elbow. Miro immediately breaks loose and beats Martin down in the corner. Dante comes back, spoons on Moonsault, but only a one. Miro dumps him into the ramp. Dante springballs into a missile dropkick. Another one count. And then Miro suplexes back in the ring after. The match kick connects. The fired up. The stomp to the back. And now he calls it the game over to retain the AW TNT Championship. Isn't it? Game over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, post-match, Jake and Lance come out. Roberts calls Miro out and says he's got Archer focused and ready for him. And on Sunday, his fairy tale comes to an end. He half-huffs and he blows the house down. But they don't play fairy tale. He speaks mock Bulgarian and tells Miro to shut up. They've had enough of him coming and bullying people. And Miro tells Jake to shut up and begs Lance to let him loose. Jake gives him the nod and Archer hits the ring. Goose all, but Miro slips out of the choke slam. Referees swarm. Archer drops in with a big boot. And well, we see Sheeta making her entrance all dolled up for the occasion. Bryce presents with a new title belt. It's the same basic design as the old one, but maybe 10% bigger and a lot shinier. And Tony congratulates her before interviewing her. Hiroko said she won the title. There were no fans, but tonight they're here. She's proud to share the moment with them. Enter Dr. Britt Baker D. She says she just comes in peace and she just wants to congratulate she. She was champion during the most difficult time for all of pro wrestling and nobody. She admits she misspoke when Jim Ross interviewed her and she wants to take it. She says she wants she was the face of, but really she'll win the title. She'll be the face of a whole. Well, just like an era before her was 316, hers will be all about D M D. And we see Sammy Guerrero showing up in a crowd to do his cue card gimmick as we go to a break. 
and Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Ego, e well, Lamar's been delivered a step-up Hulkamana to all Ego, then added a flat line to the sky. Grayson sent Paige in the corner with an overhead throw, then delivered a 450 splash for the Canadian competitor, while Uno appeared and added a corner cannibal to Sky, despite the late surge by the babyface's Sky was to able to apply the heel hook to Grayson, while Paige delivered Ego's edge to Uno for the win. After the match, Paige issued a warning only to have the former TNT champion lead a number of an overzealous sky through a right hand at one of the clones only to realise it was the real sting. The icons scared the face of the rebellion from the ring joining his partner. We see Eric Bischoff making his entrance and get on the mic. He brings up the 25th anniversary of Scott Hall appearing on Nitro and setting the seeds for the NWO and draws a line between them and the inner circle leading to the inner circle making their entrance. Jericho gets on the mic and says it feels good to be surrounded by fans again and thanks Eric for everything you did for him in WCW and during his... Bischoff introduces a Greatest Hits video package for the Inner Circle. Santana gets on the mic and says they've done some pretty cool shit between Well, that night everything changed and they put his company on their backs and carried it through a pandemic and now they will return to the best fans in wrestling today. And if it's their last time together, their last dance, he won't have it any other way. Jake Hager gets on the mic and says it's about the journey nation. He doesn't want to just see the good times. He wants to see the hard times when they left parts of their souls behind. The hard times that make them hard men. Sammy Guevara thanks his stable mates for everything and Jericho admits that he was hesitant to put his own faction together. But this felt right. He felt like Guns N' Roses not giving a damn about anybody or anything except each other and putting on the best performance at Stadium Stampede. They're going to do it again. And if they lose, they're going down in a blaze. If this is the last time they're ever in the ring together, he just has one thing to say to them. He loves them. Well... Aww. Maxwell Jacob Freeman appears on the Tron and says he see how much they love each other. It just makes him more excited for Sunday. He reveals they got Dean Malenko beaten and battered at the goalposts. The inner circle make haste to save the Iceman, but the pinnacle ambushed them midway. FTR pile drive Ortiz and Santana through some tables. The pinnacle put their hands together and declare the end of the inner circle. And that is it. So, Dan, what have you thought of the three episodes of Dynamite that we've checked out? Um, There have been some... Good moments, good matches, and uh, you know, good promos. And there've also been some kind of bad things and things that don't make like quite too much sense. And you know, for a non-watcher, you know, having to get things explained to me like the number one contender, the ranking systems, the ranking systems, it does seem a bit too confusing for a casual viewer. But does it make you want to check it out more? Does it want to see? Does it want to make you check out Double or Nothing? You know, to see what's going on. Um, it makes me want to see Jericho's entrance because look at the fans going nuts for it as he's down into the ring. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> well, exactly. So you want to buy the paper to see it then? I mean, well, we'll no, because I've got it on Spotify. So, well, we'll run through the event cards see if it piques your excitement. Of course, pay for the paper. You can, of course, listen to the the WNR's review of the paper with the Ultimate One coming up uh, on Tuesday. So the main event is the AW World Championship: Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Pack. You've kind of... What are your thoughts on that as a main... It's not going to be the main event because the Stadium Stampede will be, but what do you think of that for the AW World title match? Um, I don't know. Orange Cassidy is kind of... What's he doing in the title match? I know he's, he's kind of earned it in some respect. Um, I think Omega versus Pac, which again... Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure how Orange Cassidy will feature into it. it. It might be entertaining for him. You know, Pac and Orange Cassidy might sort of team up for a bit on their con common enemy in Omega. 
Who would you pick in that one then as your winner? Omega. Omega. All right, AEW World Tag Team Championships. You're a bit confused how Kings and the Moxie got there, but they are going to face the Young Bucks. What are your thoughts on that match, and who do you think is going to win? If the match is actually a match, I think it could be a very... You know, if they're left to do their own devices, I would love to see Kingston and John Moxley get the titles. But I think kind of the, the current position that the Young Bucks are in, at the, they're going to cheat to win. And it's going to kind of open more doors. Uh, a match I'm really looking forward to, AW Women's World Championship. Here comes Shida, of course, uh, champion for over a year now, versus Britt Baker. What are your thoughts? I hope they get given. I hope it's not used as a filler match because I do think this could be a great match. I've seen a few of Britt Baker's matches and she has got a lot. And you can't take anything away from Hikaru Shida. She has been a brilliant champion for a long while. This match should be good if they give it the respect it deserves. Without a doubt. Anthony Agogo versus Cody Rose, the match that I don't think anybody is looking forward to. No. Um, if anyone's going to get a good match out of a greener than grass, Anthony Agogo. Would you like to rely on Cody, or is Cody kind of going, you know, I'm the best man for the job kind of thing? Yeah, I think this will be, again, unless they upset us. I mean, what are you saying for the women's title, and what are you saying for Go-Go Rhodes as well? Um, I think Britt is going to win, and I think Cody Rhodes is quite certain Cody Rhodes. Uh, We've got the tag team match. We've got Sting making this wrestling uh, in-ring performance with Darby Allen versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Is this story? Have we seen more of the story develop the past couple of weeks as well? We have, yes. You know, this is it's quite good because it's a personal match. It's not for a title. It's not for a number one ranking. It is just, you know, Sky and Page calling Sting out for being old and, you know, Sting and Allen, they've been on and off and attacked from behind and that. This should be quite an interesting match. I can see Sting... Like, not starting the match, it's going to be Darby Allen taking a lot of beating, Sting getting a hot tag, coming in for about five minutes till he's exhausted, Allen's recovered, get the victory, or, you know, they're going to do a dual submission, or, you know, they're going to do something like that. So you're saying Allen and Sting for the win as well, yeah? Uh, that's fair enough. And then we've got Adam Page versus Brian Cage. I would say the winner of this would probably be, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud because you're correct, not, maybe the number one contender is definitely up there in uh, one or two in the rankings. It does seem like that, but again, you know, none of these guys have any affiliation with Kenny Omega at the moment, have they? So they're going to have to kind of unorganically work in a storyline with the number one. Well, we were watching it when Paige and Omega were tag team champions together, and I always thought that Paige beating Omega would be the best kind of story from that. But Cage and Team Taz are going to come up for a split soon as well. So who are you going to back in this one? Uh, I'm going to back... Adam Page. Uh, and then the Casino Battle Royale as well. Uh, lots of people. Anthony Bowens, Brian Pillman Jr., Christian, Colt, Dustin Rhodes, Eva Luno. Uh, there's going to be a surprise. Uh, who are you going to go for in this matchup? I mean, there's powerhouse hope. Penta Elzit Media. He might win. Max, uh, Matt Seidel as well. Matt Hardy. There's, there's only one name that kind of stands out. Um, you know, I, I think it would be great, but it would be kind of too WWE if it went down to Matt Hardy and Christian, given their history. I would actually, like, fuck it, I would mark out so bad for that. Because, <laughs> you know, it, that would be awesome, in my opinion. But I would either give it to Christian. Uh, I, I have no idea who the TBA is. Yeah, we, d- we could if be... Is, if it is a big name, then I'd probably give it to them. But Christian seems the biggest in there at the moment. The last TBA in a match was Ethan Page. So that's the kind of... 
It could be CM Punk. It could be Ryback. You know what I'm saying? So who knows with that one? And finally, the main event, Dan, the stadium, the stadium stampede. Will it be the Inner Circle's last match ever versus the Pinnacle? Um, I, I would have thought so, yes. But after you saying about like the rubber match, I'm going to actually give it <laughs> to the Inner Circle. But they said goodbye. They hugged. Yes. And Mark Henry said he's going to retire and picked up John Cena and fucking slammed him. <laughs> All right. So what your uh, obviously you'll catch the pay-per-view and some of the results for double or nothing. Uh, and I think that will be it for today. I think you coming back in for AEW for a little while uh, is good. I think next month, Dan, what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw you into different things. I think next month we try Impact. What are you thinking? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy to disimpact for a while until we get back to WWE regular scheduled programming. I think, well, we'll see what happens. We're going to try something different with AEW next month as well. But, of course, Dan, you'll be back next week for NXT UK. And we've got a couple of huge matches there. Really, really good. Uh, don't forget, across all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR, Dan. I'm at WNR Dan. You are. Uh, the WNR also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all Google platforms and listen email the WNR Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube, WNR Podcast. With all latest clips and podcasts, got at the same time on YouTube as, as they do SoundCloud. On your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Like I said, our next episode for the WNR will be AEW Double or Nothing, the pay per view. The next one with Dan will be next weekend for NXT UK. But until then, I have been James Ronans and I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.